Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Adam. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, grand, thank you very much. I've got Justin. Hello. You right? It's Friday afternoon and I'm in my bathrobe, so yes. Is this the same as last week? Is, you're definitely the last week. Have you yeah. got out of the bathrobe since last week? Very, very rarely. Do you have a cigarette and a cigarette holder? No, I should get a prop. I don't smoke, but but I should get one as a prop. You should, yeah. you should get one of those uh, those yeah, right, exactly. on the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I remember that. Uh, and listeners, we've got a brand new guest with us this week. Someone who um, we've not had on before. Uh, I'd like you to give a big welcome to Ryan. Why why do you have to do these sort of things all the time? Give us a little um. Yeah, who do you support? A little introduction. Yeah. Ah, oh, right, so in the spirit of Chelsea, on your first day you have to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that at the end, we'll wait. Yeah, it's it's but... weird that I've already done this whole first day thing. <laughs> what normally happens is the uh, guest uh, presenters, the first time they sort of stand at a chair and sing Marvin Gaye, so, you know. Okay, well, maybe a different time. Maybe I'll record that afterwards. We've all done it, right? <laughs> and so... then I can yeah. you know, post it online. <laughs> Right, okay, this week we're going to talk about the Premier League because there's games midweek and there's games, uh, of course, this coming weekend. Um, we're going to talk about some other news and um, bits and bobs around the leagues because there was uh, also some Classicos last weekend and about last week and there was a Classico coming forward this weekend. But first of all, seeing as we've got a new guest on, we'll start at Stamford Bridge. Um, Chelsea to Spurs nil. Pedro with his eighth goal uh, in the Premier League so far this season, which surprised me quite a lot. Uh, and a Kieran Trippier own goal, which I just nearly wrote down lol. Um, just it surprising we... that he scored eight. Is that what you're trying to say? It's surprising that Pedro scored eight. Yeah, he has been. Like a... He's been very prolific this season, considering he hasn't played as much as he probably would like. Well, it's either either the first sixty minutes or the last half an hour, isn't it? <laughs> Depending on which one William does. Yeah, it's usually it's the same as the Barkley Kovacic rotation, where it's like, <laughs> oh, it's sixty minutes. Got to bring Kovacic or Barkley on. <laughs> uh, right, as we've got our own verified uh, blue-ticked goalkeeper on, I'm going to ask him a couple of things. First thing, where do we stand with um, Hugo Lloris and both the own goal and the first goal that Pedro scored? I know we talked a little bit about this pre-record. Um, and also, Kepa was dropped. Um, Marissa Sarri said we're not a team of 25 individuals. Just how does something like that affect the goalkeeper dynamic between him and Caballero, do you think? Yeah, just on that point first, um, Caballero himself said that Kepa was was very supportive uh, during, before the match and, and after and everything. So I don't, I don't think it's, if there was any rift between them, it was quickly mended. Um, 
So that, that didn't seem to be an issue. And, and Caballero played well. And he is a good goalkeeper. Um, in fact, he would probably, if, if, his, if Ederson didn't exist, if there wasn't a goalkeeper with that otherworldly level of distribution ability, he may have stuck at Manchester City. He may have, he may have been the goalkeeper that Pepe actually wanted there. Um, as he, for missed his, um, he missed his very good uh, natural talent against Croatia at the World Cup, though, didn't he? Right, exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying is that he isn't, you know, he's 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 not uh, he's not bad with his feet, but he's not that level that you you, you would want for a pep team. Yeah. As for Hugo, I don't ascribe any blame to him for the first goal. I, I saw plenty of it on Twitter, but but from that range, you can't get into a block barrier position, which would which would take away that gap between the legs. But you're also too close to really have enough time to react to a shot like that. All you can do is snap your ankles together as fast as possible, see if that's fast enough. In this case, it wasn't. Second goal, something has gone badly wrong communication-wise, and, and, and you generally put the burden of communication on the goalkeeper. So, you know, if the goalkeeper comes off his line, he's doing that to play the ball. If he stays on his line and the defender's getting to the ball first, then he wants it played back. And, and unfortunately for Spurs, they combined uh, Trippier playing the ball with Lloris coming off his line. That's the bad combination. And I can't imagine... I can't imagine Trippier playing that ball had he heard Hugo shouting that he was going to come deal with it. My best guess is that Hugo shouted something that, that Trippier interpreted as as play it back to me. Hmm. Um, and it just, it just went wrong. It's the sort of thing that should be dealt with in the first week of preseason every year. Exactly what a goalkeeper says when he wants the ball left and when he wants it played back to him. Uh, they obviously got it wrong. People are fallible, aren't they? Yes, they are. Human error. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Adam and um, Ryan, any thoughts on this? Ryan, I'll, I'll come to you first because it's your, your, your team. Uh, it was a, an interesting game, to say the least. I don't think either team was particularly fantastic or anything like that. Tottenham were, were pretty woeful in front of goal in terms of trying to build up the play. Chelsea were OK, a lot better than we have been a lot this season. So it's good to get a win anyway. I think it's, it's desperately needed. And the whole Kepa-Caballero thing I think was quite interesting because it's almost the moment that everyone actually got onside, almost. The fans mm. actually got behind Sarri as a, as a result because he made the decision to drop Kepa and the atmosphere. So I, I worked with someone that's got a season ticket and he said he went, he said the atmosphere in the stadium was completely different to what it's been like for the past couple of weeks. I think just because everyone got behind the decision... And obviously beating Tottenham is always a good thing anyway, but it's you know, massive to, to see the, the way things have changed. So do you, um, think, do you oh. think people are getting, or fans are shifting from being behind the players to being behind the manager? Because I think it's difficult to have anything but a degree of sympathy for someone who's being so openly disrespected in that situation as Sarri was at the weekend. I think a little bit, and I think he's... A, you know the, the rumors are that Sari is actually starting to trying to adapt the tactics. Like we have looked different in the past couple of games, and the way that we are playing the ball around, there's still a little bit too much of a reliance on Jorginho, who who every game seems to be getting worse at passing the ball. Which, considering it's his position, he's it's not what the st- not what the stats say. I know, he's, he, but it's almost like he's. There's a lot of times where you'll see him try and pick a longer pass or he'll try and like play a through ball and those are the ones that seem to be failing. He's good at the short, quick things. But then if he's now being asked 
to play a little bit more expansive, and I don't know whether that's that's hurting him or not. I'm not really sure. Just a quick one on the game. Did, there was a video the day after of the Kieran Trippier goal, but to the commentary of the goal he scored against Croatia. <laughs> Did you see that? I'm not Titanic with the Titanic soundtrack <laughs> over it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was um it was the Croatia the free kick commentary over the goal, and it matched actually really perfect. Um. Well, that win takes Chelsea in sixth place within three points of um uh, within. No, that's wrong. Look at the wrong thing. You've written Normally. something down wrong, have you? No, I'm reading something wrong this time. Um, okay, well, look, what I will say is Spurs are now having to sort of look down rather than look up in the league table. They are uh, just the four points ahead of Arsenal who they play on Saturday. So a win for Arsenal um, would take them to within just a point behind Spurs. Spurs have obviously been sort of lording it up for the last sort of year, 18 months or so as being the sort of more stable and better team. Um Arsenal, uh, they've won four out of their last five. Kane has, Harry Kane's got eight. Who, in who, have they play, who have they played in those last five? Don't know. Just, Huddersfield, just, just, Bournemouth. Wins um, wins. Wins wins. Yeah, they didn't, the, the one they didn't win, Man City. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this is actually at um, White Hart Lane, isn't it? Well, it's Wembley. sorry. <laughs> It's getting late. Uh, I also don't have a great record, do they, at, uh, away at big teams? No, and Tottenham have a the better record between the two in North London derby since Pochettino took over, which is, isn't a small sample size now. So mm. um, you'd think that Tottenham would be desperate to put their sort of bad seven... It was going to be, what, eight days by the time they play to an end because they've gone from they they could be in a position where if things don't go their way they could be like you said they'll be in a position where they were two points off tight off the title with it almost in their hands or whatever if they beat them badly and now they are um looking very much like Chelsea and Arsenal could be snapping at their heels so I think that they will try and put try and put Arsenal, they can put Arsenal to bed here if they win this I think in terms of the league. Um, Harry Kane's got eight in North London Premier League derbies, which is a joint most with... Thierry Henry. No. Dennis Bergkamp. No. Right team, wrong person. Um, well, well done. I got that when you said no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ian Wright? No. Later, later. Okay. Later. Robin Van Persie. In fact, he could have played for both these teams. In fact, he might have got goals uh, for both maybe teams. There you go. Um, so, one word each. How do you think this is going to go at the weekend for, um, for Spurs? Win, lose, or draw? Draw. Uh, I think uh, I think Tottenham will win. Okay, Justin. Uh, I'll go draw too. Just uh... Uh, Justin, we had the opportunity to get the pre- correct prediction again. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but uh, it's it's hard for me to. To have a lot of faith in Spurs right now, it changes so quickly. Uh, the, the the narratives just flip week to week. We were we were, you know, signing Chelsea's death warrant this time a week ago, and a good result has, has put them in a better light now. And I don't know. It's almost like in the social media world, everything's become incredibly reactive, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, next up for Chelsea, is they're away to Fulham in the Scott Parker derby. And guess what? Scott Parker's the manager. Scott, well done. 
Uh, Claudio Ranieri was sacked after Fulham lost in midweek to, I can't remember because I wrote that in about a page and a half's time. Um, they lost to Southampton, didn't they? Um, so he's gone. Apparently he wasn't very popular anyway uh, with either fans or the players. Um, and Scott Parker has come in. He needs to do something pretty quick because they're 10 points off safety and they have lost seven out of their last eight in the league. <clears throat> they're relegated. They just, as, as I say, he's not saving them, is he? He's I not think... got anything to do. <laughs> no. No. You think he's literally there to motivate the players to carry on playing until the end of the season, almost? It's well, I, why they're not looking elsewhere, clearly. I wrote down Darren Moore um, next to this because, of course, last season he came in as West Brom manager, and despite the fact that. Um, so he got them relegated? <laughs> isn't he, he currently he, losing to Leeds? He didn't get them relegated. They were already pretty much on their way down anyway, but. You oversaw look at results after he took he oversaw their relegation. But I think if you look at um, their results after he took over as caretaker manager, I think they improved somewhat, didn't they? I mean I think it's a good opportunity for him to get some experience in a situation that I don't think Well, I'd like to think the board aren't going to him and saying, you know, we expect you to, to save it. I think it's more of a at least less bow out gracefully type scenario. A bit like what West Brom sort of did, you know, yes they went down. But they actually showed a bit of fight and stuff towards the end because of it, the Darmore appointment. So you, you like the... they might be able to get something in, in in their sort of last games, but it's not. He's not going to start winning loads of games, is he? Is this the Fulham equivalent of giving it to Giggsy? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Fulham could be the first team to lose ten London derbies in a single Premier League season. Although Chelsea's last three away games their aggregate is uh, zero twelve. 12 um so justin come on this is, this could be the the bounce that fulham need couldn't it it could it won't be though will it no <laughs> question <laughs> yeah is that including watford as a london derby uh, it, they know, they know, it should yeah it should not I'll no i say this is a former Hertfordshire resident that <laughs> no way london that's justin's manner <laughs> yeah. Well, otherwise that means they've lost all of them, doesn't it? Because what is it? West Ham, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. So there's only ten that they could play. Uh, Unless I'm missing a team. I don't think I am. Oh well, no. So no, it can't include Watford. That's north of the M25, isn't it? Well, I reckon it is including Watford. I think that's a rubbish stat. Yeah. Yeah, Chris. God. <laughs> Shut up, you're new. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to have him back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't worry, it won't be. <laughs> um, I, okay, I'm, I'm not sure whether it does include the word not so. Well, if you look at research stats, don't bring them up, okay? I told you before, Duncan wouldn't allow this sort of. I'm going to ask him. <laughs> Is it his stat? Uh, no, it came from the Premier League website, which means it might well be Alex Stewart's stat, so I might well have to ask him instead. You have to ask him. The results are freely available, it's public information. <laughs> I don't even do FOI or something, do I? <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll go on to Anfield because Liverpool beat Watford 5-0. Two goals from Virgil van Dijk. Um, Divock Origi, he's my baby. And Sadio Mane, he has now scored 79% of all Premier League goals within two nautical miles of the sea. Which is... Oh, my God. Don't raise your heads back. He got, to, he got to talk about this with him in detail, Ryan, so... <laughs> <laughs> you should have been here last week. It was a um, it was an education. Or well, two weeks ago, wasn't it? Uh, Sadio Mane's back heel. That was pretty sexy, wasn't it? It was all right, I guess. All right, I guess. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I guess. Go on. 
why was it only all right rather than pretty exceptional? Why is it? It's Liverpool. Who cares about Liverpool? Let's move on. <laughs> the back heels. The back heels a funny thing. The back heel is automatically good for a million retweets, but it's not fundamentally. It's not like it's an overhead kick. It's it's just a different surface of the foot um, <laughs> and a more awkward looking. Um, it's not a pretty thing. It has very little aesthetic value. That's what I'll say, and particularly that one too, because Ben Foster has had an amazing season, but. When Mane took that, frankly, awful first touch that went away from goal and he went chasing after the ball back toward the top of the box, Ben Foster went with him. And uh, pretty much the only way you're going to get beat by a guy who's got his back to goal in that situation is if you're too close to react to his um, little flubber back heel and and it goes over your shoulder and in. And and that's what happened. And I I love Sadio Mane. Um, Chris, I'll point to lots of other very exceptional goals. That one was... It happened. It was good. It was, you know. I'm going to stick up for the back heel a little bit here because it's quite. It's, you're hit, you're hitting the rounded part of the back of your foot. You obviously can't see it accurately where you're back heeling the ball to, and Which, you've got. Oh, to that makes my point. That makes my point. Nobody has ever the the, the ones that have gone in have just that he didn't mean he didn't he didn't pick that part of the net out and back heel it into it. He just back heeled it, and it then happens to go into that part of the goal. Yeah, so, when you score. Does it get an obscene amount of abuse for not just playing it simple if that doesn't go in? It doesn't go in. It doesn't look great. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But then when you're smashing it from 30 yards, not exactly aiming for the top corner. You're just hoping to get it on target, aren't you? So, no, Chris, you're just as bad as those people on Twitter you're complaining about. You're a prisoner, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're a prisoner of the moment. You're, a, you're looking at the results. There's an, there's an aesthetic. There's an, that's why we watch. There's an aesthetic pleasure to a well-struck ball. Those yeah. ones that are rising, still rising when they go in. And even better if they hit the crossbar and go down and then bounce and hit the roof of the net, which which that should be like an away goal. I often wonder when players sort of shoot and they go sailing over the crossbar and sort of into the top of the main stand, why don't they just shoot from the edge of the end penalty area? Because then it would have gone in. <laughs> Assuming no goalkeeper, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that goal, just quickly, but you know when you see like some absolute pub player scores some sort of one of those Chris from there to their own penalty area or something like that and people will be like oh if Messi did that we'd be talking about it for, <laughs> for weeks when they actually ignore the fact that Messi does do those sort of things all the time yeah. we don't talk about it for weeks <laughs> but what I will say is if Ibrahimovic did that man goal, we'd still be talking about it on Twitter oh god wouldn't we just yeah we would. Yeah, that, that, that's true. There is a cult of personality with some players whereby we, if they do anything that even approaches that sort of level of, of the unexpected, then it gets lauded to that degree. So, and Zlatan is definitely one of them. So uh, on a quick side note, I, um, Adam, I, did I, got you little, I got lost in a little YouTube rabbit hole uh, um, this afternoon and um, a video came up uh, which was like, 10 of the most incredible things that Zatan Abramovich has ever done on a football pitch or something like that. The first one, so they, they had, he was claiming to have 10, this guy. The first one, I didn't make it all the way to 10 because the first one was scored two goals when coming on as a substitute during his debut. Apparently no one else has ever, can never do that. <laughs> Freddie, you get, Freddie Rico Makeda is waving at him. <laughs> um, did you feel your ears burning after this game, Adam? No, I... Because Jürgen Klopp said, uh, you know what's been written and said about us. It's not right. Um, no chokers tag. Or not playing with a sort of jeu de vivre tag. I've not, I've not called anyone a choker yet. 
I'll do that on Sunday. <laughs> uh, you said this last time, didn't you? Got to be confident, didn't you? Back to the brand. Do you remember how cocky you were before the previous fixture? And how that ended for you? Well, we've learned, we've learned that plan, plan A is not working for you at the moment. Plan B is bring on Shakiri. We now know that plan B is, plan C is try and hit the crossbar from 40 yards and have Derek Origi tap one in. We're not going to let that happen this time. It's fine. <laughs> well, Derek Origi's last 18 starts in the Premier League has brought him seven goals and four assists. Okay. Um, with seven goals in 18 starts and four assists. Okay. But it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's, it's not terrible. He does get paid. <laughs> that, that would largely fall under his his job responsibilities. He's doing at least something appro- approximating that. So, if anything, he's so good. Get paid more for when he scores because he's probably getting appearance fees and yeah, goal yeah. fees. Oh, yeah. goal bonuses were so two the so two thousands, Ryan. I'm sure that's still a thing. Wow, they're, they're contrary to the the popular good of the team. Teams don't have them so much anymore. True. True. Uh, okay. Um, no, I was just making the point that it's good to have a decent reserve backup um, if you're not going to start your main strikers. And he's not, is he? He's not a terrible player to have in reserve. It's not like we've got Noam Djokanovic back again or uh, Andre Vorodin. <laughs> Danny Ings. Danny Ings, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, well, look, next up for Liverpool, um, it is away at Everton, like Adam just said. It's the 200th top flight meeting, which is the second most played fixture in top flight history. Anybody want to hazard a guess as to who the other fix, the other most popular fixture is? Um, Everton and Arsenal. Close. It's Everton, Aston Villa. Mm. Um, Everton and Arsenal must not be far behind. No, can't be. But my research didn't go that far. Uh, Everton are winless in 18 against Liverpool in all competitions we haven't lost a game in the last come derby day we won't have lost a game we'll we'll be no sorry we'll have won all our games in the last three weeks so that's because you've only played the one yeah exactly I was was just sitting there thinking actually I was like I'm sure I haven't seen anything about Everton recently (laughs) Also, also in another little bit of news that Fulham stat doesn't include Watford it's legit it's all the London derbies Boom. <laughs> it's not yours. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not yours. <laughs> Boom, I read it on a website and wrote it down. Yeah. Well, for a start, Ryan, he's written it down correctly, and it now seems been able to read it out correctly as well. All these two ticks. Well, I, I mean, in itself is a miracle. So. <laughs> um, how do you think this one's going to go? Adam, you've got a vested interest in this. How, you, I mean, you're obviously feeling as, uh, as confident as an Australian, so um, how do you sort of feel this is going to go? I'm just, it'll be my, if we can ruin sort of a a Liverpool title charge, this will be my favourite day, so. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, how likely is that if? Uh, I don't think even, uh, <laughs> I think that you've just, they've just had, both teams have just had a performance when they're playing, they've obviously played quite well, scored, scored a good few goals, I don't think beyond that, but the form for either team is particularly impressive. Um, Everton had an extra day's rest haven't played for the two and a half weeks before that um, I reckon we could get a result probably maybe a draw yeah just That's in enough, right isn't it? a draw's mm. enough ruins mm. everything for you I'd love to, I'd love to be able to say yeah I'm sure Everton will get a draw um, 
but you're, but you're but you're convinced we're gonna win it. I get it. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm convinced. No, I'm convinced Liverpool are gonna win. Like, let's not kid ourselves. I'm not. I'm not everyone, it, quick, quick, quick side bit. Who do you think is the bookies' favourite for the Premier League title? Manchester City. Must be. Yeah, that's weird to me. Why is it weird? Well, because I think Liverpool have got easy, an easier run in there. there. I think it's the Man City factor, though, isn't it? And then the, the bookies are probably pulling in, putting in some form of, you know, risk factor with Liverpool, some form of slip or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liverpool have got Chelsea and Tottenham still to come to Anfield, uh, or the Coliseum, uh, Brian, as we sometimes call it in this podcast. Um, and I think Manchester City have still got to go to Old Trafford, haven't we? I don't think that those are the kind of games that will decide this, though. I mean, somebody's going to drop points unexpectedly. Mm. Um, City could go to Old Trafford and get held, or, as Liverpool did, or get beat. Um, I, I don't think that would necessarily do them in. I think I think that the title gets won, or, or more more accurately, it gets lost. Uh, you know, against against the likes of Bournemouth or somebody like that. I mean, not Bournemouth specifically, obviously, but well, like there's, a Wolves there's, or someone like that. Yeah, there's, that there's, there's too many games. What are they still still eleven? We can all name teams, I suppose. That are. <laughs> I think there's eleven left. Is, isn't that right? Is everyone Something like that. Yeah, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah. So so twenty eight Liverpool. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm treading pretty safe statistical ground here and in, in saying it's more likely that it won't be one of the big games where where it all all does get decided. Whenever when, when Liverpool are in, were in full flight. And City began to stumble back during the holidays. It it, it, it for li- briefly there it was hard to see Liverpool dropping points anywhere. They were steamrolling sides, and they had added you know the defensive solidity they didn't have last season. But everybody gets fatigued. Um, and of course, they're involved in Champions League, and, and so are City. Uh, a level of fatigue comes in, which means that these games against the mid-table and, and bottom half sides aren't aren't the certainties the guarantees that they were back in October. So um, I do think Liverpool will win. Uh, I mean, I think, they'll, I think they'll beat Everton. I think they'll find a way to do it. That's really more about me not trusting Everton in this particular fixture. Um, we've seen in recent years, even when Everton have gone into the Merseyside Derby in better form, they found a way to not win it, sometimes to lose it, lose it really tragically. I remember a couple of years ago, the little awful bouncing shot that, wobbled past Robles and hit the post and somebody else stuck in. Remember that in the last last kick of the game? And then, of course, the game the, what would have been a very credible and well-played draw at Anfield before the, the madness. So I don't know that anything changes this weekend at the top of the table. I, I think that Liverpool and City both get results. Okay. Um, what for the next game there at home to Leicester City, which would be uh, Brendan Rodgers' first game, who's uh, never won his first match in charge of a team while playing in the um, English tier. So, uh, is there going to be a new manager bounce there for Leicester? Watford at home, I imagine, are a different proposition than Watford uh, away. I mean, it's not it's not in London either, is it? <laughs> you know, Watford are a decent you, team. you asked about Watford being north of the M25. It's not. Is it not? It's, still, it's not, but it's it's still well away from London proper. It's north of where I am. Yeah. Well, it's all grim. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So, and since Watford have returned to the Premier League in 2015-16 season, um, this has seen the most penalties. 
We've seen five penalties, more than any other fixture in the Premier League. And Jamie Vardy has scored the first goal of the last three managers' reigns. So this has got Jamie Vardy penalty written all over it as Leicester failed to beat Watford. <laughs> Anybody disagree with that? You put forth such a compelling case, I can't argue yeah. with that. <laughs> I think it will be tough. Watford are a good team. I think Leicester will be a little bit of a different outfit without Puel now. So I think it's... It's difficult to see which way it will go. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more towards a draw just because I think that that makes the most logical sense in my head. But mm. the players are going to be more inspired when they've got like a born entertainer to sort of manage them, aren't they? <laughs> I do think there's such. Yeah, the, I think that this is the kind of fixture where I, I do kind of expect a new manager bounce because, much like Solskjaer going into United, that the, Puel there was a relatively um, disciplined positional um, responsibilities placed on the players uh, without the ball. And um, I think that with Rodgers, they'll be freed from that to a degree. Um, and that's the kind of new manager that, 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 that the players, that you can you can sometimes quickly see a, a positive effect when a guy comes in and says, don't bother with all of the sort of things you've been doing, just play. Um, Adam, do you think uh, Rogers will create an atmosphere where he's a friend first, boss second, and probably an entertainer third? <laughs> I, I think that's there's quite a strong possibility of that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm a little bit annoyed with, with with this because on last week's podcast we talked about about the precarious position that Boyle was in and how the sort of look into the example of Southampton and maybe being careful what you wish for, but. I really rate Brendan Rodgers as a coach as much as I want to take the piss out of him. I think this is a really good appointment, and I think that you, Leicester could benefit you can from this. You, you can do both, yeah. because he is. He's a good manager. He's a good coach. He's got, And he's a somewhat laughable figure. Uh, the, the two things actually rare. They rarely coexist, but I think they do in this case. And my question is, you know, if you're a Leicester player, you, you don't want to be in the envelope. You don't want to be in the envelope. No, you don't want to be in that envelope. He was in the envelope in the end. Nobody. are empty. They're always empty. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't work anyway, too. Even if there was somebody there to say, there's already a name in this envelope. <laughs> Don't be that name. Well, how do you? How does that work? <laughs> You've already <laughs> written it. The best thing about him, that he, read it in a, he read it in Alex Ferguson's biography and ripped it off. <laughs> I think like, Alex Ferguson did it in like '92 or something. It it works fine. Brendan Rodgers accidentally does it on TV and looks like a right twat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Manchester City beat West Ham one 0 through Sergio Aguero penalty. Um, I wrote dodgy penalty question mark because I didn't think anything of it until they started talking about it being iffy on Football Weekly. I thought it was a penalty. This is one where Bernardo Silva sort of runs into the area and slows down a bit and gets bundled over by Felipe Anderson. I haven't seen the penalty. So I, I simply no. can't comment. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was anything particularly controversial. Uh, Andy Carroll had a, a miss uh, at the start of the second half, which would have brought uh, or would have given uh, West Ham the lead at that point. Um, City seventy-six percent possession, twenty shots compared to West Ham's two. It can't be fun being a travelling West Ham fan, can it? No, I think it can't be a fun. I don't think it'd be fun being a West Ham fan. Full stop, really. But <laughs> yeah, someone supports, someone supports Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and City next away to Bournemouth who lost 5-1 to Arsenal um, Bournemouth haven't played away and conceded fewer than two since October 
So they're an awful team away from home. Anyhow, gets a real easy ride sometimes. I think so as well. Is he? Yeah, most managers in theory would be in trouble right now, wouldn't they? Um, no, because I think I still think, despite everything that he's done, that the um, the expectation at Bournemouth is still probably realistically below what they're achieving. I think that right. their ground holds like twelve thousand people or something stupid like that. Like, yeah, but how much of your revenue comes from ticket sales these days? Well, I'm not, but you know what I mean. All these things together, sort of. Having a ground with twelve thousand people isn't about the re- also about the revenue that you get from ticket sales. It's about the kind of player that you can attract who wants to play in front of that that crowd. Nineteen games a season. Yeah, no, sorry, yeah. I've been a bit facetious. They've got a good squad. Like they've got some good talented players in that team. And they've managed to keep a few, especially with all the, the rumours in in sort of January about. Callum Wilson and players like that. But well, I, I just won the I just won the Champions League with them on Football Manager, so I don't know what Eddie Howe's playing around at really. <laughs> What's the year though? What, what first season or <laughs> second season? Well, um, who's first Who's first name last name in charge of? Real Madrid. <laughs> there is no first name last name. They'll have you. Um, <laughs> I do think that the, I think that he gets in part he gets this easy ride because he has this co- cozy. Media relationship. I don't think he has a media relationship. I just think that he's sort of um, fawned over by the media. He's an, the English coach, the the next, hopefully a big thing. But um, I think that what also happens is that they go and win, put good results together, win quite a few games, which they did at the beginning of the season. But at the same time, will then go a period where they'll lose eight in a row. And that's the bit where he gets an easy ride. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no Fernandinho for City. Apparently he's um, he's injured. But City versus Bournemouth in the Premier League uh, played seven one seven four twenty four against three, and Pep has a hundred percent record on the south coast of England as well. Imagine how good he'd be with Sadio Mane in his team. Imagine how good he'd be if he had to play against Portsmouth as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So what do we think of this? This has got Manchester City written all over it, is it? You know, very badly wrong for City when they were without Fernandinho extended uh, time over the holidays. But uh, because of that, I have to think that that Pep's got a better idea for dealing with it this time. Um, I don't know what it might be. Fabian Duff. Maybe so. Whatever, you know, his his loss was felt quite keenly the last time, and I'm sure he will have done something to mitigate that this time around. We'll see. I was just looking. He's, his uh, expected return on um, physio room is until the end of March, so he's out for a month apparently. Yeah, excellent. That would be big for them. Yeah. Well, there's the international break, isn't there? In two weeks. Well, okay, that helps. That gives them a bit of time, doesn't it? Which uh, some members of the Man on the Post need to be ready for a quiz for, despite not replying to WhatsApp messages. Young Ryan. He doesn't know the protocol. He's new. Oh, sorry. He's right. Yeah, we can't expect <coughs> him to pick these things up, can we? <coughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, West Ham Dexter at home to Newcastle. Newcastle have lost 74 Premier League games in London, which is the joint worst with anybody? Everton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that, did you? Or you just... No, it's just a good... Well, just the way that you said been it, there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's actually... Newcastle have spent some seasons out of the top flight, though. So that's Everton... Yeah. 
Yeah, Everton hold that record alone amongst sides that have spent that entire time in the Premier League. Exactly. You're right, Justin. Newcastle are worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Newcastle played a bit. We beat Burnley 2 0. That was a pretty decent game. I watched that. Um, Fabian Shaw with a rather wonderful shot. Did you, did you see this one, Justin? Um, he shot from outside the area. Apparently, it was Newcastle's first goal they scored from outside the area this season into Tom Heaton's top left corner. Yes, um, they were putting a bit of blame on Tom Heaton on that, which I felt was a bit unfair. What did you think? Yeah, no, it, yeah, no, ridiculous criticism. It, it, of course, they trot out the old near post thing, but, but it wasn't from a very acute angle. And mm. if a goalkeeper, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get sort of philosophical here. If, if a goalkeeper is singular, if there's one of him and he stands in the goal, anywhere between the two posts, that means by definition there is available goal to both sides of him. And the idea that you should only, you should never get beat to one of those sides um, doesn't really hold any any logistical water until we get to acute angles. And then the only reason is because of the acute angle, you're by necessity very, very close to the near post, so it shouldn't go in there. This wasn't one of those cases... It was a beautifully hit ball right into the top corner. Hit the post, flew in across the other side. So no, nothing, nothing. Tom Heaton's doing about that. But even but, then, you need distance as well, don't you? Because there was, I forget, was it in, was it in the Chelsea game where Aguero maybe scored from beating? Uh, I can't remember his kept up from the post where he just beat him purely with power. Yeah, exactly. If you're yeah, in yeah. tight, if you're if you're five six yards away and a professional top five player hits a ball. Uh, full-blooded from close range like that. It, it doesn't matter if it's near post. You, you'll probably get beat. I don't know when you were in. It was against Allison at um, the Etihad against Liverpool. I doubted myself. I went back on that and thought, well, he, Kepa conceded a lot. It's probably <laughs> that one. <laughs> no, I know the one you mean. Um, yeah, so Newcastle have got nine, uh, 12 points at home um, in 2019, which is the most. That's Burnley's first loss since Boxing Day. Um, Burnley next at home to Crystal Palace who lost 3-1 to Manchester United uh, who they've never beaten in the Premier League Romelu Lukaku back in with two goals but Palace missed a few chances Batshuayi and uh, Andros Townsend missed a very very easy chance from only a couple of yards out so they did have their chances but Oli Oli marches on at what point does he start to get a bit more credit what do you think? This is you, people are still saying this is new manager bounce, and just, he's people, just, just keep, people keep saying that he's just smiling at people, <laughs> <laughs> and that's sort of sort of winning them games. But obviously, that's not the what, only what, thing what, that he's doing. But he's playing a right back, at right wing in this game, and Fred played. Now, well, Justin, have you played in teams before where the manager's gone, who maybe wasn't so popular, and the new ones come in and? It's changed the dynamic, changed the atmosphere more than anything in change rooms. It, I mean, yeah, I, I can actually give an example. And I won't, I won't use names, but one time I was in a team where there was a player manager. He was an absolute ferocious, ferocious guy who who everyone was afraid of, and he just would light, you know, just just tear into the squad every halftime. And he missed one game through a family emergency, and he had a stand-in just for the one one match. And the atmosphere through the team was a hundred times better. Um, now, long term, he knew the game and was a good manager and instructed and taught better. But short term, to sort of be able to play with that lack of fear and freedom made everybody better for that for that one match. So the thing with with 
Ole to remember is not just who he is, but who he's not and how bad apparently the atmosphere had been under Jose. And so just the fact that Mourinho is no longer there. Um, I agree with Adam that he deserves credit himself for what he's done. Uh, but he's always going to, there's, there's, this will probably last the rest of the season. This, this sort of like the United players emerging, blinking after having been trapped in a cave for a long time <laughs> into the, the, you know, warming rays of the sun. Just chain to a radio. It's What's almost that? like they still can't <laughs> believe it's worked out this way and they get to just play some football. So um, a little bit of both, I think. But he has done like, a good job, obviously. He's the Man United manager in, in August, isn't he? Yeah, that's that's the question now. The question is, is he, is he yeah. doing enough to get himself the job on a, on a full-time basis? Is he Manchester manager in December, though? Hmm. <clears throat> After yeah. no wins in the first four games and... <laughs> It's really difficult to say because, yeah, I think, you know, right now he does deserve credit for what, he, what he's done. But you know, that Man United team has got a lot of quality within it. And, and it did under under Jose. And obviously the fact that he, he'd sort of worn that team down so much when they were able to come out on top. But is, is Ali really going to be the man long term? And that, yes, he's really good right now. But, you know, get a summer. Is he, is he thinking that long term picture with the signings? Is he going to be involved? And I think those are the type of questions that will define that. Your manager, uh, Mr. Grumpy manager, um, is he, have you sort of followed his career since and has he changed or evolved? No, I've, um, I've yeah, I've, I've, through through social media, I've, I've chatted with him a couple of times over the years, but I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I don't, uh, he's still involved in the game. He's still at a decent non-league level. Um, I wrote about him, obviously, in 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 my book, and um, we didn't discuss that. But um, I don't know if he's changed his approach at all. Okay. Adam, sorry, you want to say something? Um, I, about Shoshov, I was just saying that he might not be the best manager in the world. He might not have all the tools to do it, but he might be, in a very Batman sense, he might be the the right man in the right place. Like He might just be that he has the tools to manage Manchester United. But can't manage Cardiff. Yeah. I think I that. I just think I there's think every chance he could be a very big success. Yeah, yeah, and no, I agree with that. I think, I still think they will they will test Spurs. They will make a try. They will try for it. They will try for Pochettino. One of the things analytics tells us these days is sort of like what you see held against Pochettino is his record against the other top clubs, all of whom have much bigger wage bills. And and that has been a very reliable determining factor in league finishing position over the history of the, of the Premier League since. It has the, has the strongest correlation than anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and obviously, that that compared that when they were comparing them to Man City. Did you hear that when they played Man City a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was, that you could apparently double the Tottenham wage bill and sign seven players on a hundred grand a week. And then you, and city would still be being pay, playing their players more. Yeah. He's, he's operating in a different financial league than the, than the other top clubs. And you'll see it always held against him. Same with Pochettino. He runs out of ideas when he comes against the top clubs. He just, he isn't, he, he, it's not a level playing field. He would obviously step into that um, top tier financially. If he were to take the United job, he's built something at Spurs Without that sort of money, is it? It's not Troy doesn't win. It hasn't won trophies, and it hasn't satisfied everybody because they have fallen at the final hurdle a couple times, and it looks like they will, and they will again this season. But 
I think that he's done enough there that at least somebody at United with some football sense has, is going to um, test Spurs' resolve on this one. Did, but do you not look at look at Pochettino and say that he's not um, he's not advancing in age? He's not going anywhere. The re- when you're re- reported sums of Daniel Levy wanting forty million pounds, and you're uh, Edward Woodward thinking with your checkbook, do you? Are you getting forty million pounds difference potentially, I, or do you ride it with with Shawshar? Well, that's that's a very good question because that gets to what the motivations are for Manchester United as a club. Where in, in the last you know half decade, it, it seemed like they're more interested in their next official sponsor or partner or or, or Asian tour or money spending venture, and knowing that they will always be able to buy a level of player that means they're at least not a bad side, at least even in this worst start to their worst ever start to the Premier League this season, and they're still in the top four mix. So um, you do wonder if if the commitment is there to genuinely try to go about winning trophies uh, the right way, you know, with a with the attendant cost for somebody like Pochettino, who unlike a glamour signing on uh, with a player doesn't there are no quick there is no quick payoff to that. Are you know, social media memes or, or, or you know, shirt deals or any of that stuff. Are you sort of looking for this model to be extended to Everton? Are you expecting Tony Hibbert to come in as uh, some sort of manager in the future and take you to glory? Um, Tony Hibbert or Leon Osman, one of those two, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Fair enough. I think, I think it's I'm... rare you get it from a right-back, so I think I'm <laughs> Hibbert's probably assistant. I think that the way Tony Hibbert left Everton, I think they owe it to him. What's scoring? No, they didn't even tell him he'd gone, did he? They sort of texted him rather than did anything nice after all his years of service. Hey, he had a testimonial, scored. Scored a goal, gave him a penalty. Nah, what does he want? You're a harsh man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that, just, just finally wrapping up on this, I think that if you're Edward Wood, you look at it from, you are going to get you're not going to get stick from 95% of the fan base given the job to Chosha, especially as things have gone now. Pochettino is going to be available in 18 months' time for at least 40 million, maybe less because his contract situation might get make things easier for you. He might have left Spurs himself. Or there'll be some other manager. I think that the Chosha is a very appealing option that I, would, I can't see them turning down. Okay. Um, right, well, we'll carry on with Burnley because they go to Crystal Palace where uh, Wolf Zaha has uh, scored five goals and one, so four goals and one assist in his last five games. Um, Sean Dyche's last four wins against Crystal Palace have come against four different managers. Who wants to hazard a guess as to who they are? Crystal Palace managers, Sam Allardyce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Roy Hodgson. No. Frank DeVore. Yeah. Um, Pardew. Yeah. Oh, I know the other one is the, Sp- the Sp- Spanish guy whose name I never could quite get right. No, not him. Okay, good. Was Chris Coleman there? Am I imagining that? I think I'm imagining that. You're imagining that. Uh, a, uh, what are we talking about? Queen's Park Rangers, Bristol Rovers, Plymouth Argyle, Leicester City, uh, Blackpool Legend. They're all teams he's managed recently. Uh, Ian Holloway. There you go. Ah. I'm, um, I'm annoyed at myself for knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> Low league muck. 
Burnley's uh, uh, last 49 goals in the Premier League have been from inside the box. Palace has got the record for 56, so they're chasing that set. Anyone bothered how this is going to go? Or uh, has anyone guessed how this is going to go? I mean, it's Burnley versus Palace. Does anyone? I'm not, I'm not really fussed. I mean, I'd, I'd like to Palace to score a goal just so Batshuayi can score. Just because right. I, I want to see him do something, but... OK, we're going to Manchester United then. They're at home to Southampton. Um, and in the Premier League, Manchester United have come from behind against Southampton eight times, which is the most against any opponent. Um, Do they have to change their shirts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they're at home to Southampton. So that... OK. This is the... Um... It's difficult for them to blame it on, on a red shirt. That is not going to be a popular <laughs> yeah, move. No, it's not. This is the Massimo Taibbi derby, of course, just in. Yes. Yeah, the wrong studs. I'm still trying to work out how you blame your studs for that goal. If people don't know, he actually tried to say that he got his studs caught, and that's why the ball spurned to his hands. Is that the... Um... The, the the little uh, worm burner that uh, <laughs> swept through his hands, the Letizia shot. Yeah, the Letizia one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Southampton, of course, had that 2-0 win against Fulham um, in a game where they had 36% possession in the first half and still managed to get two goals. Um, Southampton are, where are they now? They are in 17th place. They're one above the relegation zone. They're two points ahead of Cardiff. Uh, I still think they're going to be OK. I think if they're going to be, it will be a scrape, I, I think. They're not going to, say, start getting away comfortably. They're going to be in it until probably the last game of the season, I imagine. OK. Um, Cardiff, then. We were talking about Neil Everton 3. Um, Victor Camarasa, on loan from Real Betis, saw his own medical advice rather than that the Cardiff physios. Have a guess how Neil Warnock took that. <laughs> not well. Well, were his own physios from from Europe? Uh, I think they're, I think there may be Real Betis physios, yeah, yeah. European that, physios. I would not think that Neil would be happy with that. Oh, foreign muck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's allowed to consult until the 29th of March. Maybe a little bit after. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> um, Gilfie Sigurdsson is the player that scored the most goals in Wales of any other Premier League player. Okay. I bet he scored against Cardiff, didn't he? Former Swansea player. Also, also broke the record for um, most goals in the Premier League by an Icelandic player. Oh, is that true? Is it? Is yeah. it beat Ida Good Johnson? That, that yeah, makes yeah. me sad. Uh, uh, from a midfield player as well, not bad. Mm. Uh, what do you reckon? Did you see this, Adam? What do you reckon to it? Um, it's a good win, isn't it? I told you, it's the form that we need. <laughs> Players scoring goals. Oh, we, we're it's rejuvenated. Cardiff. Rejuvenated. <laughs> this is where the Everton revolution starts from. Cardiff, are we sort of fearing for Cardiff now? There's uh, two points um, adrift in the relegation zone. Um, they won two previously and then they've lost their last two. So they're a bit sort of topsy turvy, aren't they? I want I'd quite like to stay up. Hmm? I'd like Cardiff to go down. No, I'd like them to stay up. I like Neil Warnock. I think they probably will go down. They've been sort of quite entertaining in a way because they they have picked up the odd sort of result out of nowhere almost to make it to make it a bit more interesting i said it will go down to the wire did you just say you like neil warnock yeah did say that of course he does it's because he takes his his players to training near him all the time that's right we'll get free we get uh, pre-season tours and uh, he got he got one of my teams promoted and you share political opinions (laughs) 
We share a political opinion. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's plural by any stretch of the imagination. Well, yours is, and, yours and, is for Bantz, his was <laughs> I'm wavering a bit on my Bantz now as well. <laughs> I started to think banter wasn't a great idea to vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too many layers of government, that's the problem. We could do without one, and preferably not local government. We need more local government, less European yeah. government. More <laughs> local government. Um, looking at my local government, Chris, they're bankrupt. I don't think local government's really the way to go. Oh, I do. I think it's definitely the way yeah. to go. More of it. Yeah. Huge, yeah. great big layers of sort of employees lost in um, in sort of structures. Middle management to... after middle management. Exactly, after middle that's management. what we need. <laughs> Sitting there listening to podcasts all day and playing football manager. Uh, one of those is true. Writing things down incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you wouldn't believe I work with strict financial figures and have to have a huge eye for uh, accuracy, would you? <laughs> I don't believe you, no. <laughs> we had a pub quiz yesterday, or a quiz, a council quiz at work. Um... Just in the middle of the day, pub quizzes. <laughs> Like, this is this is in the evening. It was like a charity quiz. And, evening three um, o'clock. Evening three o'clock quiz. Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> and we had to. Um, we came fourth, joint fourth, um, out of forty-six. Um, and one of the questions, which I'll be kicking myself over for the next twelve months till the next one, was name the three books in the Lord of the Rings. Um, and I wrote the first one down as the Fellowship of the King. <laughs> oh my god. Which I'm kicking myself about because when it came back and the look of horror on my face, I was absolutely mortified because we would have been on our own in third or something, if not. It's so. actually with the... in the title of the I know. Thing. I knew what the title was and I thought I'd wrote The Fellowship of the Ring, but I must have stuck an errant K in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I bet horrible. you were like, I bet the question came in, you're like, don't worry, guys, I've got this one. <laughs> I wrote it down. So I had with him, but we did a pub quiz two weeks ago with um, a couple who lived near us and we um. The first question was, uh, what animal is um, associated with Guinness in like the advertising? And said, said friend had been to Dublin that weekend, had been on the Guinness tour, did not know the answer, and I would confidently wrote down pelican. <laughs> it is a pelican, isn't it? Oh, it's a toucan. Oh, that's just nitpicking. <laughs> Uh, so that, you try arguing that because I did. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also I realised I was wrong. Just got furious at the friend who'd been to Dublin that weekend. <laughs> yeah, you direct your anger somewhere else. Yeah, you get your anger in first, then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a prize given away to a team of the best name, uh, which happened to be um, "Don't Believe Atoms." They make up everything. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's good nerd humour. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was quite good. Uh, okay, back to the Premier League then. So Cardiff versus Wolves coming up this weekend. Um, Cardiff have lost two of um, won their last two out of Cardiff have won their last two out of their last four Premier League games. <laughs> Cardiff have won two out of their last four away games in the Premier League. I'm not really editing that, by the way. <laughs> Is that a significant stat? Two out of four? It's half, isn't it? Well I'm pretty certain before we go on to the pub quiz tangent, you'd already said they won two, then they lost, then they lost two. So that, that does that awful. seems like one of those stats where you hear a, a, a commentator will say like they haven't won on this ground since 2017. Uh, like, two the seasons they... ago is that that's not a significant stat. Like <laughs> the worst ones when they do that with teams like like um 
that Burnley when they they haven't won at Old Trafford since 1908. They haven't been in the top yeah. flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very good reason. Now look, two, two out of four. If you win half your away games over the course of a season, you're not in a relegation battle. You're in a you're in a title race, maybe. But four is a little bit of a small sample size, so I don't think we can give them too much credit. Don't worry, stats. We'll we'll mute them. <laughs> Um, when they, <laughs> they listen to the mean words they say. You know how bad I am, actually. I phoned in to a national radio program here one time a few years back because the guy said, for anyone that follows NFL, it was the first week of the NFL season, and then he said, "Did your team lose week one? Because if they did, I've got bad news. Only only two teams have ever gone on to win the Super Bowl or whatever." So I called them up and they put me on, and I said, "Why don't you have your stats people figure out how many teams have lost?" Game six, week six, and gone on to win the Super Bowl, or week 13. There's nothing significant about losing the first one. The fact is, the team that wins the Super Bowl only loses a couple of two, three games all season because they're good. So it's got nothing to do with having lost the first game, and then that sets you off on a bad, you know, Less start. Than the Miami Dolphins. Did you hear it yeah, click, exactly. followed by a dialing tone? Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Hello? <laughs> I'm ranting here. Oh, you listen. He I actually got cut off last time. You listen, that, that, coach, that coach really does suck. <laughs> he was he was he acknowledged that I that I had a valid point, but I don't think he enjoyed it very much no. <laughs> You have an excellent point, but you're ruining the narrative of my yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh Wolves of course who had that last minute loss to Huddersfield in midweek. Um their manager whose name does escape me. Um, thinks they're still in this, despite I think being 12 points or 11 points clear of safety. Uh, they're next away to Brighton, who've got zero wins in 2019, who find themselves only two points above the relegation zone, albeit with a, a game in hand. Um, I don't feel they're going to go down. Brighton, are they? Go on, Adam. I just sorry, I just wanted you, your seamless link took us too far away from what I wanted to talk about. Okay, go. On, we'll go back. <laughs> I want to talk about quickly about Wolves, about why. People, we're, again, they're being fawned over because they're very high in the table. They're doing very well. But Huddersfield have 14 points this season. Six of them they picked up off Wolves. Is that 43%? It's something like 43%, yeah. Get the maths out. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but it doesn't stop the fact that... Uh, and that's a small sample size for Wolves' season. <laughs> it is, Yeah. <laughs> But it is no mean feat to, to to lose twice to Huddersfield. That is not. Yeah, you just felt sorry for Huddersfield. Thought, Maybe so. Oh, yeah. Go on then. We'll give you something. But they're still four points ahead of Everton. For now. For now. <laughs> one of the one come Sunday. <laughs> okay, right. That's a Premier League uh, roundup. Um, let's do some league, shall we? Because in Spain, uh, there's going to be a Clasico this weekend. Barcelona top on 57 points, Atletico Madrid on 60, uh, Real Madrid on 48, Getafe on 39. So Real Sociedad are playing Atletico Madrid. Um, Real Madrid playing Barcelona, where of course they met in the Copa del Rey this week. Who, so saw who the are Real Sociedad playing? Atletico Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bowing down to your wanky foreign pronunciations. Okay, well, well, no, when we do this... It's just, it's just not there though, is it? I want you no to... <clears throat> I, okay. When we talk about the Champions League next week, I want you to talk about uh, Bayern München <laughs> and in your thickest Germanist accent. Yeah, I don't think that would play well. Yeah, and Seska Moskva or, you know, whoever. <laughs> That's a uh, different thing entirely, Chris. No, it's not. 
It is. <laughs> well, how's there, that is an, there is an anglicized version of those cities that are pronounced the, that are spelled the way we pronounce them. <clears throat> okay. That's not the case with Atletico. There, there is not an anglicized <laughs> version of that. It's an if it's a proper name. No, I just said it. Atletico. <laughs> okay, good, good. I would. Say, I feel like such a pretentious tosser has said properly though. So you're embracing ignorance, aren't you? This is what happens. This is how you vote how you do. <laughs> this is how we get Trump. <laughs> Athletic. Is it, I can't even say it, actually. I'm going to say it, but I can't. Can I just say Atletico? It's just, so, just, so just easy. carry on. Let's just carry on. It's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't you? <laughs> Uh, there was a, um, a classic game midweek where um, Real Madrid squandered quite a few chances before Barcelona came back and won 3-0 with a lovely little hat-trick, including a Penenka by uh, Luis Suarez. Um, is, he must gonna... have been sort of like driven on by Scott's criticism of uh, on last week's pod. <laughs> he was listening. I get you, uh, Mr. Monroe. <laughs> you think I'm done? <laughs> I'm still hungry for more. Yeah, I'm still some bite to me. <laughs> Um, so is that is that result got any bearing on this one coming up this weekend or that's the cup? It's got, it's got a little more pressure on Solari, who was just starting to get a little bit of credit with the Madridistas um, and <clears throat> getting some good feelings through the squad. I'm not one of them; just uh, that is what they're called. Uh, <laughs> but now they don't take kindly to a, a result like that in a Clasico. So I think there's just that little bit more unease. Side. The first one was 5-1 or 5-0, wasn't it? The, the new camp this season. Or uh, the camp yeah. new. The camp new, yeah. please. <laughs> please. I, I did see a clip earlier and it was Salari driving out of the training ground and then I think when he saw fans at the gate, he does a visible U-turn in his car and decides to go back the other way. <laughs> Can you blame him? No, absolutely not. And I, I did see a clip. I saw a couple of clips in the game and I saw... Bale um, sort of running and he's the ball's on his right foot and he just sort of just hits it with his left across his body but it pretty much goes up to the corner flag and he was outside the box it was really bizarre very weird shot but Bale's under a lot of pressure there anyway yeah he is isn't he I think he's not golfing too much can you be under that much pressure when you're on 600 grand a week I think not as I say, pressure from yeah, financially no, but the yeah. fact that apparently no, he, you can. He, he missed I think life seems. I agree with you, but I think in general life's pretty cushy for him. He's holding most of the cards. Oh, it's a cushy job, don't get me wrong. Oh, but at the same time, he's going to sell him could... to Chris. Uh, no, I think you're talking about an individual person's well-being. The money doesn't particularly come into it. Yeah, but I think he does. How rich was Kurt Cobain? I just think he does play a lot of golf and doesn't really care about these things. That's one oh, thing, yeah. Um, but you, so you, did you know that he has he had a golf course built on his property? Hasn't he got outside Madrid? He's got like a like a a replica of like yeah, like a, hole at Augusta or something like yes, that. Yes, he's got multiple, multiple holes, and and he had a guy come build it, and uh, you can play different holes from different tee boxes. So there's a so he's effectively got a nine hole golf course in in the in the back garden. One week's wages that was, Chris. Yeah. Are you trying to say men- uh, you're trying to say wealth equates to mental health, are you? No, no, no. I'm just trying to say he's, he's extremely yeah. well remunerated, <laughs> and it makes it, it puts him in a position of power. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you said. Don't worry. I also think that if you're someone like him who maybe doesn't care that so much about football, the pressure is probably a little bit less. Oh, does he not? I don't. I think he's one of those people who isn't. He's a Ben uh, Foster. 
he doesn't speak the language either, and and that probably makes it easier for him to insulate whatever might be being said in, in that country because he so he hasn't bothered to to learn. And Spanish is such a dead easy language, but I mean, yeah. half the words I think, are. So I, I think I've seen something saying that that's been slightly overstated the the level of how little Spanish he speaks. Um, uh, which makes me, f- just from all of his other behaviours, think that Courtois is a bit of a snake. Yes, he yes. is. <laughs> sort of like, I don't know why, why sort of like, uh, why you'd um, unnecessarily call out a teammate like that in such a public way. And I think it was very telling in the the game a couple of weeks ago when, um, when Bale scored that um, he was very am- animated in his celebration and sort of, Doing it they away, pushed people away. Didn't, yeah, yeah, in a way, of sort of like, well, where were you guys when Courtois was slagging me off left, right, and centre? I did. Yeah, Courtois got previous. Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did see something where it was like um, the Spanish media today after the game. It was like Solari will be reading that you know Real Madrid are now looking for a permanent replacement. Barcelona manager will, will finally be reading that Barcelona are good, and Bale won't be able to read any of it. <laughs> So it takes what they're badly saying about him. So it takes some effort to live that long in a country and not speak the language. There, it's quite admirable in a way. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just get preparing for his Premier League return. But yeah, I also think it, I think it's related to having a golf course in his backyard. <laughs> I think he goes <laughs> so to Spain, comes home. I don't think he doesn't there have is. Speak to Manuel at the club. He doesn't. He doesn't live in Spain really. He's, he's almost like an Air Force base in another country. Probably has his probably sends his wife down to Alicante ever once a week to do the shopping at the Brit yeah. store in Benidorm. There's lots of interaction. No, foreigners earning money and taking jobs from other people. In outrageous, <laughs> outrageous. Italy to the Premier League the whole time he has that Real Madrid contract because there is no Premier League player on anything approaching six hundred grand a week. Is that what he's on? Yep. Nobody looks so happy. <laughs> this is why people get get confused because we're in the UK we report that every newspaper wants to report wages as high as they possibly can for sensationalism. So that when they report a player's wages here, they are reporting them before tax, and when they're reporting before, so um, he's on the equivalent in Premier League reported wages of six hundred grand a week. Yeah, but in Spain after tax, that's six hundred grand a week. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, they, say that they also inflate transfer fees because they'll 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 include wages. You know, they'll say something like um, a package. Yeah, you know. or uh, and yeah. they'll include all the add-ons straight away. Yeah, all the performance add-ons, right? Which we may may not ever hit. And, and then Paul the, Merson just... loses his mind and claims that Everton have broken the transfer market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, in Italy, um, it's quite a good weekend as well. Juventus top on 69 points, uh, Napoli 56 on second. That is Inter on 47, AC Milan 45. And then uh, this weekend, Europa League places, it is Roma and Lazio because it is the Rome derby this weekend. Um, Roma versus Lazio. And also it is first to be second as Napoli host Juventus. Um, what do people think the results could be there? Probably 1-0. 1-0 it depends what's been decided. It's well, Serie A, so, I mean, it depends what's been decided. <laughs> <laughs> Who's referee in which game? Right. Um, a, a little side note on, on Serie A. One of the things I've always quite admired about Serie A is that clubs, big clubs in Serie A will sell 
their players to each other all the time. Yeah. So in, in things that you don't really see in the Premier League, um, things that normally result in people players getting treated pretty badly in Spain and so on. Happens all the time. And there was a story in um well, I got picked up a little bit in the in the British press uh, this week about um Mario Riccardi and how Napoli were putting together a a um a bid of X number of euros, whatever it is, maybe nineteen million euros, something like that. Um, but Inter want to sell him to Juventus, which just seems strange to me. That seems like such a straight, a small mentality. It's almost like you're saying Juventus are too far away, and you Napoli might be a threat if you have Riccardi. I can't see Juventus selling into anybody because the two do hate each other and you, you see quite readily teams or players move between Inter and AC Milan I don't think many players have gone between Juventus and, and Inter I might be wrong on that but I just don't see it um, but you're right they do sort of swap around a bit more easily than that um, in France PSG top on 68 then Lille on 51 uh, Lille on 4 for reporting that people have got that when you tell us about how they're 18 points clear every week um, but it's Marseille versus San Etienne this weekend. Well, that's fine. Quite... Just talk about that. Just think, pretend to PSG hunt there. Okay. <laughs> Top if, that was, if, that, if that was 1985 San Etienne versus 1992 Marseille, that would be fantastic. That would be good, wouldn't it? Okay, so top of the um, this is league. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Top of the league on the Lille on 51 points and second place on Lyon on 46. Is that doing it right? Is that what you meant? Just ignoring PSG, just pretending PSG done yeah. it. Yeah, right. Yes, Lille are now top. Okay, um, plus it's the only time that Lille will ever play to lose. Um, in Germany, uh, Borussia Dortmund top on 54 points, Bayern Munich on 51, only three points behind now, Gladbach 43, and Red Bull Leipzig on 42. So Augsburg play Dortmund, um, Nuremberg play Red Bull, and it is second versus third as Gladbach take on uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, how do you say that in German, Adam? Bayern Munich. Right. Bavarian Munchen. <laughs> is that what, better? What voice was that? Like, <laughs> that was my German. <laughs> oh, mein Deutsch. I mean, uh, local government, you must be able to get fired for this sort. Of... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but Bayern are in a funny position right now, though, because you've got pretty much the entire world hoping uh, Dortmund will hold on and win that league. Just because if you don't closely follow the Bundesliga, you'd like to see Bayern not win it for once. Um, and any club that is openly willing to refer to, to embrace a nickname FC Hollywood, it's kind of yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 don't we all, apart from Chris, don't we all want to see them knock Liverpool out of the Champions League? I'm happy. I'm happy for them to knock Liverpool out of the Champions League. Yeah, are you putting all your eggs in the league basket then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you remember Chris is a QPR fan. Yeah, I've got every. I've got loads to pull back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um. This is one less hurrah, isn't it, for robbery, r- robbery and ribbon, rib, robin and ribbery. <laughs> you said robbery and ribbon, and I... it's it's been recorded for posterity. <laughs> and Brian isn't editing that out either. No, no, no. Well, He's new. Right. He doesn't know how to. <laughs> yeah. Ribbery and Robin. robin. This is this is their one less hurrah, isn't it, before the sort of uh, the new guys of Alfonso Davis, etc., come through and take their place next season. And Callum adds another day. Oh, Callum wow. adds I thought it, and I wasn't going to say it, and then you said it, and now I'm sad. <laughs> Why um, are you really that sad, Ryan? Because you don't know how good he is. You haven't seen him play. Exactly. It could be shit. <laughs> in offense, if someone's willing to give us, say, £40 million for a player that hasn't played in the Premier League and is being outplayed of the team by Willian, then, yeah, I'm all for it. 
Uh, Justin, Alfonso Davies, have you seen a lot of him while he was at um, in the MLS? No, I haven't. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> An honest answer. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. It's my fault for asking a close question, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is one last sort of hurrah for uh, Black, um, Blackburn. I nearly did it again. Bayern's old guard. And then players like Kingsley Coman come in and it's yeah. like, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just, they're just sort of like a juggernaut, aren't they? You can't discount them at any point. Um, a couple of other ones this weekend. It is first versus second in Portugal as uh, top place Porto take on second place Benfica. There's one point in it as well. Um, and in Serbia, it is the Belgrade derby as uh, third place Partizan host first place Red Star. Um, bits and bobs of news this weekend. So there was an international fixture this week. Who saw it? Um, Kerno played their first ever fixture in international football. Oh, so it was international, proper in, licensed international FIFA football. FIFA, almost FIFA. <laughs> 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 it's got a con at the start of it. Uh, yeah, the newest member of Kenefa, Cornwall or Kerno, um, they were the first reserve for the Kenefa European Championships this week. They uh, this summer they played their first fixture. They beat Adam a Foxholes All Star Eleven. 3-2. I'm sure. I don't know. Where, where Wait, do they... That's a lot of words you just said that don't make any sense <laughs> to me. Yeah. Holes is a village down here. Cool. cool. Hold on, what? So, <laughs> Gone. <laughs> an international fixture between <laughs> a part yeah. of Cornwall and another part of Cornwall. The whole of Cornwall. Yeah. Versus a village A village in Cornwall. inside Cornwall. Yeah. It sounds like football it, I want to watch. It says All-Stars, isn't it? You know, Foxholes All-Stars. It's, <laughs> and you're claiming this is an international fixture. According to Kenefa, it was. Well, okay. or, or was it... I mean, you would know, Chris, was it really an All-Star squad? Was, like, Trevor <laughs> able to get the day off? <laughs> you know? Uh, there was a couple of extra City players on there. Okay. Extra City players. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's not a big pool. I think it's you have to... Who? Tony Hibbert. Tony, unless Tony Hibbert was born in Cornwall, he can't play. Matthew Everton. Oh, I think Foxholes, whatever it is, he could play. Anyone could play. Uh, yeah, yeah, because Foxholes is, yeah, he could be from anywhere to play for Foxholes. Yeah, because it's um, yeah. an international fixture. But to play for Kerno, you've got to be born in Cornwall. So uh, Matthew Everton could play, um, and I think Dan Gosling at Bournemouth could play. Huh? So you couldn't play. I couldn't play. No, I'm, a, I'm what's called an emit, which is a Cornish word for ant or foreigner. Because they're very inclusive down here. I'm starting to understand your politics even more. Uh, yeah, so they played. Uh, what else? Have we got? Who heard a big sound on Talk Sport this week? Speaking yeah. of gammon. Yeah. Uh, he came out in support of Donald Trump and said kids were mollycoddled too much and bring back hanging, I think, and others. Such bring, yeah. For murder and treason. Murder and treason. Talk Sport this week is just. They're, they're taking the trolling too far. Adrian Durham reckoned that the Manchester United game this weekend should oh, have been postponed. Yeah, that was so stupid, honestly. I just I just thought, oh, what an irrelevant opinion. Yeah. So, well, well, sorry, postponed for what? Too many injuries. injuries. Oh, my God. Ma- you know, Manchester yeah. United, this big club with all these players yeah. saying the youth team and all that. And, you, oh. no, sorry. Just club in the world. And who are they, who are they playing? <laughs> this weekend, Southampton. Yeah. Maybe He's a well-known... Adrian Durham's a well-known stirrer. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, I know I'm a little... Yeah. 
Yeah. He must wake up in the morning like, and have to look himself in the mirror and go, do I really have to try and sell this opinion? Yeah. <laughs> he, probably, he probably wakes up and thinks, what, what stupid thing can I say today? And then think, this is dumb, but I, I need to back it up. <laughs> I, I hope it is that, though. I hope it is that, because sometimes after a certain length of time, they begin to believe their own nonsense. Mm. Well, he's been doing this for 15 years, at least. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Easily. Um, okay, what else? Willie McKay, uh, the agent who was involved in the um, Emiliano Sala um, uh, transfer, has come out and said that he feels that Cardiff uh, have abandoned Salah, uh, or felt that Cardiff abandoned Salah to make his own travel preparations to come on over and didn't look after him very well. Um, Mackay, you might remember, sent an email saying that we don't really care about you, we're just interested in the money, but he feels he's been hard done by um, and is left unsupported by Cardiff and none. Are you feeling well, sorry for Agent Willie Mackay? Is, is, is that even accurate? Because unless my understanding is wrong, that wasn't... His ill-fated plane journey, as as terrible as it was, wasn't that because he he wanted to fly back to say a proper goodbye to his, the side he was leaving? It wasn't Cardiff's arrangement, was it? That wasn't there. Yeah, I, I, I think mean, it was his. It was self-arrangement. Right, 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 right. It? it was. Yeah, it wasn't. That neither club had, had sort of set anything up properly. I don't know if that was they were planning something and then he decided to fly himself. Anyway, I don't know. It's a right, bit of a weird, it was it's such a weird scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thomas Tuchel says that Edison Cavani is set to miss out on the Champions League uh, against Manchester United. Um, Rumour that Zinedine Zidane is due to take over from Max Allegri at Juventus next year. Um, speaking of uh, legendary players going back to manage their former clubs, I so personally think. Where's, Alleg- where's Allegri going to go then? Chelsea. <clears throat> Chelsea. You think? Why would anybody take that job? Exactly. <laughs> the Chelsea job. I mean, there's probably yeah. about six million reasons why people would take the Chelsea job. Yeah, yeah but I mean, they're not. But they're, they're... And then you get more money when you get sacked. They're all, it's true, it's true. But we're t- the people that be in consideration for, for that job are already loaded. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I saw the, the take, before Rodgers went to Leicester, I, there were the rumours that Rodgers was being lined up. for the, um, the Chelsea, could Chelsea could do a lot worse than have Brendan Rodgers as a manager. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted Rogers. If Allegri is going to be a, a free agent, could he be a a sneaky contender for this Manchester United job? The one, I've, the one I earlier said was definitely Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Possibly. Well, what about, what about Madrid? Yeah, but it's just, I don't, I don't it think Solari will be there past the summer. In all it, honesty, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt Edward if you are going to go after Pochettino to have options, does it? No, no, it doesn't. It makes everything che- everything becomes a little bit cheaper then. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Brian, you'll be pleased to hear this. A possible lack of evidence has meant that UEFA has closed its investigation into Chelsea fans' alleged, uh, alleged anti-Semitic chanting um, in the Europa League tie against Vidi. Hooray! I mean, there are some horrible Chelsea fans, and I'd rather they get punished for it. <laughs> but the irony is that most of them aren't members of the Labour Party, so how <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. Okay. That brings us to the end of uh, the pod. Unless anyone's got any AOB at all. Um, I did see something I think was quite interesting. I saw it six hours ago. Um, apparently, there's going to be no more La Liga on Monday nights. Or uh, Friday nights. RFEF president has said because business is important, but fans are more so. But they didn't care that much. You know, they had some stupid rule in there that um, only certain clubs 
or certain clubs were exempt from playing on Monday night. So Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, um, a couple of others never played Monday night football. I can see the logic in that if you've got Champions League fixtures as yeah. well. It wasn't it was, because of that. It was just because yeah. they're Real Madrid and... <laughs> yeah. I think there was Fair. something that was like Getafe versus yeah. Taibar was one of Monday the games. Night, and... Monday night football in, in La Liga is the, the dumping ground of what you would consider to be last on match of the day. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but it, I think, yeah, they're trying to, to play it off as a... I'm not sure you know, which fans they're trying to claim here, they're trying to protect here, though, because Spain doesn't have a, a culture of away fans, so you don't have this problem of 200, 300-mile trips on a, on a Monday night to try and watch your team play. I think because the original idea of having the Monday night games was so that you, you'd, in theory, get more people watching it, because and if that game's going on while Barcelona or Real Madrid are playing... You wouldn't watch that game. You'd watch the other, one of the other two. Yeah, but I, I mean, but La Liga fixtures don't um, ne- nearly always don't coincide. They normally play ten separate fixtures over a weekend. Then there's no sort of six games right. three o'clock on a Saturday. I think that the lack of the away fan culture in, in La Liga is, is there's a strong correlation there to the fact that Spanish people are on the whole happy. It's also, I, I just always assumed it's a huge country. It's a big country, yeah, yeah. But also, like, if, if you um, if you think that the, the, what you have to do is, you know, get on a coach with a bunch of other guys and, and, and go six hours to support, you know... Um, to get away from the wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to put a, part, uh, a nice spin on it, but, but I think trips like that are sometimes meant to be a distraction from... Proper life. Okay. Uh, right, guys, if they want to follow you, Adam, on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, Adam, I say 101. Justin? Uh, keepers underscore union. Okay. Um, Ryan, if any of our Man of the Post listeners have uh, liked what you said tonight and um, they feel that uh, they want to follow you, how do they do that? Uh, they can follow me at the Ryan Goodman. Have you enjoyed yourself? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, It's been an experience, you know? It's uh, probably won't be back. So, you know. Oh, you're not going to come back? No. Yeah, well, listen. I know I haven't been on recently, but yeah, I'm not, honestly, Friday nights have, have been really bad for me recently, but they're back free now, so it's fine. You've been dropped from the football team. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> have you had a Nicardi style fall again? Just going goal like Chris does. It's how he gets a game every week. Guaranteed. <laughs> no one wants to do that. <laughs> Uh, right, um, at Man of the Post is our Twitter and Instagram account. We're also on Facebook. You can give us a like on there. Um, we are available to download from Acast and from Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, iTunes. So you can get us whichever one of your um, podcast apps that you like to listen to. If you like what you hear, you can rate and review us. Um, and that really, really helps. We do appreciate everything we get. If uh, We've got 28 reviews at the moment. If only uh, one of you, or if, uh, if you all go on and leave just one review on iTunes, then... Um, insert joke here we'll have x many reviews um and Co- colin's gl- growing re- glowing <laughs> review will be less pre- prevalent prevalent yeah. <laughs> exactly not that he can read this anymore because i think he's, he's blocked all of this anyway well the review's so. nice it's, the, it's it says such lovely words <laughs> one star one star there you go <laughs> 
Uh, yes, I think there'll be a Sunday show with um, Chris and Andy and Ali um, and Dave reviewing what they've uh, what we've been predicting here as well. There'll be a Euros pod that's been out today as well. What? Adam? Ali, Ali won't be there. Oh, you think he'll suddenly find himself at work? You think? I think something will come up so about <laughs> six o'clock on Sunday. Fair enough. Okay, right, guys, thank you ever so much for joining and uh, always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>